So I believe they said that revenue grew about 30%. And they said that's due to employees not being so tired. That's due to employees, like once they come back from that three-day weekend or however they choose to select their day, they're on fire and ready to go. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Okay, if you're focused on spring cleaning, don't let it stop at home. Make sure that you're spring, spring cleaning your work environment as well. We use a tool, monday.com, for project management, and it's been great for team communication, getting projects in order, and helping us succeed in growing our company. Try monday.com at try.monday.com slash www. Again, that's try.monday.com slash www. All right, let's get into the show. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of While We Were Working. It is the weekly show that helps you be a better leader of your small business or small team. I am Joy Price, founder of Jumpstart and one of the co-hosts here on the show. And we're joined as always by Summer Keychon, our consulting practice manager and our awesome co-host. And we've got a special guest. She's maybe a guest to you, but she's no guest to us. She's a part of the Jumpstart tribe, a part of the Jumpstart family. Taryn Gray, our consulting uh, or consultant. Say say what's up, Taryn. Hi, hi everybody. Welcome to the show. Are you nervous? No, don't be nervous. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun today. So this week, we're going to tackle some pretty cool topics. One being the four-hour work or four-day work week. And it's making a resurgence, as well as the uh, performance review process and how to create vital perform vitally important uh, performance reviews. So, Taryn, I'm going to go ahead and pass it on over to you to introduce the article that you selected and get us started. Okay, awesome. So, the article I selected was from CBS News. Um, it came out about last week about the four day work week. Um, and it talks about a company named Kickstart, I believe, which is a crowdfunding platform company. Um, and it talks about how they acquired the 40 work week a year ago, last April. So it goes on to say like the employees, they're more proficient, they're more awake. Um, they call it a bonus day. Um, and they give that to the employees to do chores. Somebody says they do their taxes, um, anything besides work. Uh, you can choose what day, doesn't have to be, you know, the same day each week, but obviously you do have to let your superiors know which day. So it was interesting to see that there were companies in the US talking about it, um, but it was more interesting to find out that Henry Ford over a century ago actually introduced the five-day work week. Um, I did not know over a hundred years ago, there were six days that people were working. I cannot imagine that. Um, but yeah, so that was surprising to know that. 
And then it also goes into how, I mean, obviously everyone may know by now that the UK did the data pilot for the four-day work week. And out of that pilot, they found out that the four-day work week actually helps revenue grow um, within the companies that participated. So I believe they said that revenue grew about 30%. And they said that's due to employees not being so tired. That's due to employees, like once they come back from that three-day weekend or however they choose to select their day, they're on fire and ready to go. So I can see how revenue can increase because you're more focused. You're, you want to you know, get everything done because now you have that rest, that reset and that relaxation. So I was interested to see that you know, this is now coming to the U.S. and hopefully it gets adopted, adopted by more companies across the U.S. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the article was full of different companies that were trying the four-day work week. And Taryn, I want to I want to kind of drill down a little bit about on Henry Ford and the five day work week. Right. So 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 many work environments will say like, oh, you got to put five days in. You got to put five days in. Five days is is gospel. Five days is Bible. Uh, But the five day work week was the alternative. It was a safety measure because. Prior to the whole industrial revolution and some of the laws that were put in place, you just worked seven days and it was seven days. It was seven days and long hours. Uh, You had child labor. You had all these uh, unsafe work conditions. So part of that evolution of making work better for the worker uh, and safer and better for the company was to put the five day guardrails in. And so maybe somewhere over the last 200 years, we just kind of stopped thinking about like, employee health and what it means to have a great work environment. So uh, for those of you who may be pushing back and say, oh, well, we, we only need to do the five out, five days, you know, just remember where it comes from. And, and now, you know, so kind of like that old uh, NBC, the more, you know, with the, uh, the rainbow at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah. Summer, what, what do you, what do you think about the five day, uh, or four-day work week? You know, I, I've actually had conversations with several clients and also my peers about this. And I, I love the idea, I think, for companies that can offer any sort of perks to their team, uh, it, it makes sense to do so. And, you know, usually there's resistance because it's different and it's a departure from what they've done for so long. And it seems impossible. But I will tell you that as an employee who worked an alternate work schedule for over 10 years, I will say it is so valued. And once you start getting into the rhythm of what that alternate work schedule looks like from an organization, you adapt just like you do with anything else. And so if you're a company who's maybe thinking a four-day work week isn't realistic as a next step, I've talked in the past a little bit about a 980 work schedule, and that's like a half step getting there. Um, That's the idea of it is a two week pay period that you are working essentially those 80 hours, but in nine days as opposed to the usual 10. So what that results in is every other Friday off. So again, it's a half step to get there. It's a great way to try it out to see, you know, can we dip a toe in the water? And I will say it's a great retention tool because 
there were a lot of team members that I spoke to over the years that said, gosh, you know what? I would have really considered that other company, but they have a traditional work schedule. And quite frankly, I like having 26 three-day weekends every year. And when you think about it that way, you realize the true impact and how life-changing this can truly be to your team members. So I wouldn't rule it out. I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, um, a municipality here, uh, a, a city uh, in New Jersey, uh, Prospect Park City. And the mayor said, you know, Prospect Park is a blue-collar town. So people work shift hours. So now having the opportunity to visit the municipal building up to 6.30 p.m. actually is more convenient for our residents. Mm -hmm. So this article does a great job of presenting the idea of the four-day work week, but also some of those variants to that and the fact that it can apply to more industries than you think. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's a, an idea worth pursuing no matter what industry you're in, especially considering that uh, if you're not doing it, a competitor's probably offering it or is offering remote or is offering some sort of flexible working arrangement that is great for team members. And so I, I wouldn't want our audience to get left behind in the whole trend of um, progressing towards a great work environment. Yeah, definitely. All right. so. Let's see here. Um, we've got the summer. You mentioned the the nine eighty. We've got uh, four days at eight hours, and so that's the thirty two hour full work week. We've got four days of maybe ten hours. So you put in the forty over over two days. Um, are there any other practical examples of a flex work arrangement that you've seen? whether it be uh, consulting or just in your past work experience, what are some of the other ways that folks have been um, flexible? I think the only other way I have done has been the 10 hour days. Um, and that was kind of like a way for us to get around using our PTO <laughs> was to work like the 10 hour days and have like that Monday or Friday off. Um, but I like summers, um, every other Friday off, I would never have thought about that or would have thought to introduce that to leadership. But that's a good idea. And like she said, it's a step towards it. But that's definitely a good idea. I, I like that one. Something I wanted to add, Taryn, about the 980 schedule, there's, there's kind of two key things that I'd like to mention usually the resistance is about coverage, right? Just ensuring that you have enough team members to cover those that are out. And of course, with any of these arrangements, there's clever ways to do that. But with the 980 schedule, uh, the way that I've seen it done in the past is there's essentially an A schedule, which is the set of team members who have the first Friday in the payday off, and then the B schedule, which is of course the second. So the idea is that, that there's somebody on an A schedule and somebody on a B schedule so that there's coverage, right? So there's always somebody on a Friday. There's no uh, recurring meetings on Fridays for those reasons. And it just helps provide that continuity, which can be a little more challenging uh, with some other schedule types. But even considering the four-day work week, as you mentioned, Taryn, it doesn't have to be 
everybody's off on the same day. So if you're alternating, you can still get some of that coverage. The other uh, point that I wanted to make was that if you are a company who's considering implementing any of these alternate work schedules to make sure that you work with a company like Jumpstart, uh, potentially a legal team to make sure that you are implementing these to be compliant with any state-specific overtime laws. Specifically, California has a process where you actually have to go through an approval process and an election process to implement these schedules because if you think about it, it can impact the way that your hourly team members have overtime calculated. So uh, make sure you do your homework uh, and that you have uh, really smart folks that know the law in the states that you have employees helping you with these processes. Yeah, and another thing too, I think this is the 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 elephant in the room of why a company would not want to go to a four-day work week or some flex arrangement is because they haven't been thoughtful enough around scheduling work, shifting work duties, who does what when someone's out. And so if you're afraid of that level of uh, commitment of jumping to a flexible arrangement because you aren't sure what to do with regard to work flexing and um, distribution of duties, reach out to talk to us. We have past performance in helping companies allocate their, their, uh, their duties. Uh, even internally in our team, we kind of have this mindset of ha let's have two consultants, at least one main consultant working with the client, right? And then a backup who's aware of what's going on. And uh, we even have a project manager and a consulting practice manager. So it's really all about having the open communication and the layers of support so that uh, people don't feel like, oh, if I take this day off, I'm just going to have to come back and, and pick up this work, right? Mm -hmm. So that is usually the bigger question that folks are are worried about. And if you do need help with your uh, communication of duties, you should also check out our partner, monday.com. Remember, you knew that was coming. Uh, <laughs> monday.com is a tool we use for project management, for comms. It's got a lot of good automations to save you time uh, and administrative hours. And uh, you're able to try it. Uh, for free. So check out try.monday.com slash www. And of course, your purchase supports the show if you do sign up using our registration link. So again, uh, get your your projects in order and maybe help your team take some, some guilt-free time off. And that's uh, try.monday.com slash www. Cool. Let's go ahead and jump into Consultants Corner. And Consultants Corner is where we talk about topics that we're seeing in the trenches of being HR consultants. It's the good, it's the bad, it's the ugly. You know, one of our values here at Jumpstart is uh, to be part coach, part cheerleader. So we tell our clients like, hey, you've got to get from point A to point B. Uh, there's no two ways about it, right? Either Either something bad's about to happen or uh, we can't keep continuing doing this thing. But then also the other side of that is the optimism of the cheerleader to help them march through that maybe painful journey uh, in a way that helps them believe that, hey, 
We can do it. It's not the end of the world. And on the other side of it, it's going to be awesomeness. This week, I think, Taryn, you were chatting about uh, a client that was was wrestling with the idea of performance management. And so I don't want to steal your thunder with setting up the, the question, but uh, we're tackling performance management today. So, um, Taryn, go ahead. Take it away. Okay. So, um, like you said, I was speaking with a client and um, I, I believe onboarding and performance reviews are my top favorite things. Why is that? Why is that? Because they were terrible for me in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so I always, my goal, without even realizing now that I had the ability to do it, was to always create these programs. And now I kind of have like that lead way to advise companies on how to build these programs. I'm kind of excited for that because, you know, with this client, I have total creative flow. Um, so I'm excited. And we discussed about turning his performance review into an actual performance review program. And this is a program that they will implement within their company. And it it talks about the employee goals. It talks about creating coaching calls because a lot of times managers of leadership, they're really just reading off the paper, but they're not actually coaching their employees on how to grow within the role or within the company. And then we I also want to implement SMART goals. And SMART goals are something that an employee would do in their spare time in order to grow to a different position. So one of the things that I always like is growth and how can I get to the next level? Um, and getting to the next level is kind of learning how to do something else at that next level. So a smart goal, right? So also adding leadership in development or training and development, companies providing employees with the resources to be able to grow. Um, and it doesn't always have to be um, a reimbursement. Just point me in the right direction and I will sign up and do whatever I need to do. So that's always been important to me because I always say you should hire within versus hiring on the outside. Um, hiring on the outside, you're going to have to train that person up. Whereas though you already have someone who's been with the company for say three to five years, train them how to work in that position and they can continue that company culture or that company workplace that's already been established. So that's why I, I went to turn into a program to show that this is something that everyone works together on. And it's not just a manager employee relationship. It's something that the whole company can partake in. Summer, what are your thoughts? Well, first, Taryn, I, I love that you have found some areas of HR consulting that you're super passionate about. I think that when we have had negative or maybe not the best experiences, it it is motivation to say, like, I don't want that to happen to anybody else ever. And on the show, Joey and I have talked about in the past uh, the term employee experience and the items that you've described all fall under that umbrella, right? Being very intentional about specific programs and tasks that we can do as people leaders to ensure that our team members have the absolute best experience we can create for them at the various stages of their employment. And so I think, you know, going back to performance reviews 
and creating those processes and how they can be leveraged to retain team members and help them with their growth is one of the, I don't want to say it's the simplest because there's so many ways to do it and that can make it feel overwhelming, but it is one of the, like one of the easiest things that all companies can do regardless of size or budget. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Well, so I was, I was reading something the other day about the importance of the onboarding process. And um, there was a stat that showed an incredibly high number of individuals already make up their mind or have made up their mind that they're going to leave your organization if the onboarding experience was poor. And if you are listening to this, watching this, and you just think about, you know, well, what did you invest in that job board? What did you invest in your team salary to move the process along? What did you invest in, whether it was gear or software or, or licenses? All of that investment just to turn around and have a crappy onboarding experience, that's going to make it harder for your team member, your new team member to want to stay. And, you know, I can say this, you know, as a consultant, as an HR practitioner, but, you know, we had our, our own history of tweaking and improving our onboarding experience so that people feel welcome and excited and um, want to get to know our, our, our passion for helping small businesses and startups. So uh, I just think for those who say, oh, it's not. It's not a, a worthwhile investment to tweak that onboarding or spend time on it or reach out to us to help you shape that. Well, you've already spent uh, money on an investment um, towards onboarding. Now it's all about helping to have that cross the finish line and continue to be a great reflection of your organization because otherwise someone will just start the clock uh, like when they're looking to leave your your business whether they're talented and a game changer and you wish they can stay or they're not talented enough to stay and you do wish they would leave but either way they're they're making that decision before you get an opportunity to get an evaluation of of if they're if they're a good fit yeah i agree and setting goals is always a motivator as well so that's the one thing I love about um, Jumpstart is that, you know, day one, what are your goals for the next 30 days? <laughs> <laughs> I love, Taryn, that you mentioned SMART goals. I think back to one of my, uh, my first big company jobs. I was working at a Fortune 500, um, thousands and thousands of, of employees. And I remember when it came time for the performance review process to begin, they actually had meetings with all of the team members to help them understand the process, what to expect, set them up for success. And part of the review process was writing uh, individual goals. And most companies will provide some guidance, but they actually provided training on how to write smart goals. And even though that was 20 plus years ago, it still sticks with me today because I feel like I was really set up for success with being provided that training. And I think, you know, the takeaway here for companies is 
uh, invest in that training to set your company to set your company and your teams up for success, regardless of the process, especially when it becomes time for performance management. And then the last tip, Taryn, and I'd be curious to hear if you've seen any of this with the clients that you worked with is to not be afraid to solicit feedback from your team about these processes. I've started to see more onboarding surveys, like Joey was saying, you know, getting the pulse on how was their experience, because if it wasn't so great and you're asking, you might have a chance to run interference as opposed to not. And same with performance review processes or anything else you have a sense could be done better, ask your team. They are the best ones to tell you what's working and what's not. And when you can implement some of the feedback that they provide, it's always a big win because they know their voice is heard. Exactly. And that's the key part is actually implementing like what was told. Because oftentimes like, yeah, we ask the feedback, but you know, life may get busy, work may may get busy, but like you said, employees feel heard and that is valuable. That's more valuable than monetary because now they they know that, okay, well, they actually appreciate me because they're implementing the things that I suggested. So that's definitely important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Okay. So let's um let's make some more practical takeaways for our audience here. Uh, we mentioned smart goals. We mentioned the check-ins and uh, just how important performance reviews are. But um, kind of for the first-time manager that's that's listening to this, and they're like, "Okay, I hear you. I'm committed. I want to do better. But how? Are there any resources? Are th- are there any books? Are there any uh, ideas that you have to help someone be a better?" Uh, deliver of performance reviews and uh, uh, goal setting. Um, I um, so I'll speak for me because I'm the best person, right? So when I was a first time manager um, or even an HR professional, the first thing I did was look for webinars on leadership and development. Because um, in order to lead a team, you have to be a leader. And then the second part I also did was. You know, how can I encourage my team? How how can I keep the momentum up and going? So webinars, uh, what is it? Amazon, Audibles, like anything I found on basically leadership. Because um, being a manager and being a leader are two different things. So anything I could find on leadership, definitely I read, listened to, took a course, whatever. Um, it definitely helped me. So just understanding how to lead your team and from there, um, onboarding and performance reviews, even feedback, how to produce feedback, positive feedback, negative feedback, how to deal with conflict management. Um, all that is encompassed under being a great leader. So any education you can get on how to be a leader is definitely needed as a first-time manager and an HR professional. Oh. Summer, what you got? Yeah, I I love those ideas, Taryn. I think there was a lot of great tips in there. And for uh, leaders, you know, depending on their experience and where they are in their career, you know, I think they may have various levels of training or not. I mean, Joey and I did a couple uh, couple episodes where we uh, uncovered the shocking truth 
that most people leaders have never received any sort of formal training on how to manage a team, which is really frightening. So I think my takeaway is if you are a small business and you have the ability to invest in training, to recognize that even a basic, I call it a manager one-on-one, one-on-one training. It's not going to cover everything, but it's going to be the basics to get them started, how to performance manage, um, how to have healthy conflict, how to have honest conversations, all of those things that you discussed, Taryn, that kind of just expect them to figure out and get it right. I don't feel like that's really setting everybody up for success. But if you are a manager and your company doesn't provide any sort of training, then yes, we owe it to our team to take the time to seek out uh, materials, learning opportunities ourselves to be the best manager that we can, not just for you know personal reasons, but because our team is counting on us to be that for them. And my last tip uh, as we land the plane here is just don't be afraid to work with experts. Don't be afraid to hire a coach. Don't be afraid to hire a team like Jumpstart who can help you reach those goals a little bit more quickly because they know the way, have gone the way, and can help show you the way. So uh, sometimes when you're stuck, the best thing to do, uh, definitely read the books, go to the webinars, and also make sure you have a guide alongside you that can give some uh, real-time feedback as you're as you're looking to the level up in your own uh, ability as a leader. So uh, Tara and Summer, it's been a great episode. Uh, we'll all be together in person soon. So can't wait for that to happen. But um, until then, everybody have a great week and we will see you on the next episode next week. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everyone. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and coworkers. And as always, you can find more info and additional resources at whilewewereworking.com. We